My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? Hello there, and welcome to another fan critical podcast. Yay. Um, yeah, yay indeed. I'm your host, John, uh, and today I'm joined by uh, Emma Phillips. Hello. Hello. Uh, well, I've full named you there, already. but yeah, no, it's really bad. Emma um, Phillips of I Hampshire, think... England. Yeah, all right, thank you for your full address. Save that for the OnlyFans. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, I think the last time that we did a podcast as a duo, I might be wrong, uh, would have been World War Z. Shit, yeah. That was ages yeah. ago. I wasn't even working <laughs> then. Yeah. I thought you were about to say, I wasn't even born then. I said, like, that doesn't even make yeah. any sense. When World War Z um, happened, I wasn't yeah. even born. So it's been a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, how are you? Talk to me. I've I've actually not seen your face for a while as as well. I know it's not... I was just thinking, I don't think I've physically seen you this year. Have I? Mm. No. Uh, how poor no, is haven't. that? It's, it's no, no Actually, no. Yeah. I mean, let's not turn this too much into a, you know, a catch-up or just having a go at me or whatever. No, we went to that restaurant, didn't we, in Waterloo? Yes, we did. I lie. We did that in the summer. Yeah. So and there that you was go. lovely. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just bombshelled John by telling him that I've not read a book since April, and this is just for anyone listening well, back, November of the same year. Yeah. Uh, mm. Bearing in mind, last year I read 125 books. Yeah. 125. Not at the same yeah. time. That'd be very confusing. I've got a lot of hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or just very large. It doesn't ones. even make any sense, but yeah. <laughs> Surely time. loads of eyes would be more. Would you? I mean. Maybe. Surely if you had like a hundred eyes, it'd be easier to read multiple books rather than just if you had two eyes with like, I don't know, a hundred hands. Anyway, yeah. um, we but are covering... Only one tiny brain. Yeah, no, that's, that is true. Uh, we are covering a film today, a film that I'm sure, uh, I mean, Len in particular would be devastated to not be on this podcast. Um, I bet he's crying. Now, just thinking yeah. about it. Oh, yeah, then. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And particularly when we start talking about the soundtrack and stuff, he is going to be devastated. Um, I'm sure Gaz will be gutted as well. Um, and i tell you why Gaz is gutted. I think he might be the only person uh, in this podcast group, and I'll count Lucy as well, um, that has actually read Dune or June. Is it Dune or is it June? That's the I first debate. Well, it's like scone or scone, isn't it? I think it's June. June. Dune sounds. Dune. Like how Jason Momoa would say it. <laughs> and he will be on the podcast later on um, when it's his little bit. Um, and we'll talk. Actually, that reminds me to talk about Jason Momoa and the power of the beard. But we'll get onto that in a bit. So today that we was are in covering. My notes, genuinely. Yeah. So we are covering June or Dune. Um, now, again, we are missing out because we don't have any 
um, book enthusiasts here uh, for for Dune. I mean, in general, Emma, you love them, and I'm in some ways I'm disappointed you haven't read it. Although, having said that, about two weeks ago, you didn't even know it was a book. So, I mean, that is that's worse. That's why I was going to raise that myself. To be fair, um, <laughs> but it is now going to be on my list for when I might even get a day off at Christmas. You know, to just stop yeah. and read. Uh, yeah, well, yeah devastated. I didn't even know it was a book. Awful. Yeah, well, it is a book. Um, and I know when I last spoke to Gaz about this, um, on one of our podcasts, uh, he, he wasn't a massive fan of the book. He actually gave it free bloobs from memory. Um, and I was really like, I guess, concerned because if you're going to make a film and the source material, at least, you know, I, I, I respect, uh, Gaz's opinion, if not the man himself, but, um, (laughs) I, uh, I I was kind of worried when he gave it a free bloob mm. because I was like, well, look, I mean, if, if the source material he doesn't like or he thinks is average, three out of five, that's average, um, how good's the film going to be? Um, and I guess I'm going to get straight into it. Uh, why, don't, why don't you give us uh, your overall thoughts on kind of... Uh, don't give us your score just yet, but what were you expecting before you watched it? Um, and what did you think of the film without giving a score? Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect because I know I've seen the original, the 1984 David Lynch, I believe. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, years back. Do I remember <laughs> any of it? Probably not. But I remember thinking when, when the trailers first came out, I was thinking this is right up my street. Yeah, definitely right up my street. It's, uh, you know, futuristic, it's spacey, it's adventure, it's got Jason Momoa Mm. in it. How can he not? How can he not? Um, You know, and a a host of... The the new version, not the 1984 version. That would be very confusing. Um, And Joe and I watched it together and it was not what I expected, but I think it was better. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how, you know, clearly it's setting up for at least two, if not, you know, a trilogy of films. Um, mm. Spoiler warnings to anyone. If you've not watched it, I don't know why you listen to this podcast, but we will be talking about the plot. Um, that is true. We'll, we will be spoiling this film. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to know what happens, um, get the hell off this podcast immediately. Yeah. Go on, get out. Um, Shut the door behind yeah, you. Go away. Yeah. Uh, All two listeners, go away. But it's got an unbelievable... An unbelievably attractive cast. Debatable <laughs> in some ways. Why does that matter? Because, uh, you know, you like things to be visually pleasing, don't you? Uh, Are you talking specifically to me there or just in general? Yeah, well, that's why I asked you to turn your camera off on Discord. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, right, it, it kept it. me gripped the whole way through. I was interested, I was excited, the... And you know this is where Len, I think, will be devastated. He's not here. The score was mm. unbelievable, and you mm. could tell hand like hands, <laughs> hands there, down. There he is again. Like yep. straight off, you could tell it was Hans Zimmer, couldn't you? And the first thing I yep. thought is Len is gonna fucking love this. Absolutely mm. love this. And um, <laughs> you know, I I don't care if I have to wait another two years for the second part. I'm excited for it. Um, I thought Rebecca, F- oh my god, brain blank. Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson? Ferguson, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, was brilliant. Timothy Chalamet, excellent actor. He's really like he's really starting to show 
his talent and his versatility now, I think. Uh, mm. Joe made me he said, who's this Timothy Tujawat? What, who's this Chalamet bloke? <laughs> What's he famous for? Yeah, it's a fair have, point. You clearly haven't seen point. Call Me By Your Name or Little Women, well, have you? So Yeah, well, I mean, um, two films that I would imagine, and I've not met Joe, um, but he's a firefighter. So, you know, imagine a fight in the country as well. So, yeah. you know, less liberal. He's more um, I'd imagine he has no interest in watching Little Women and Call Me By Your Name. No, absolutely not. But I think it was a good move for Timothy Chalamet to, to take something mm. a little bit cooler, really. Um, let's oh, be honest. definitely, yeah. But Call Me By Your Name is amazing. But, you know, Lucy and I watched that for the Oscars a few years back. I just thought, mm. all in all, excellent cast, amazing visuals and special effects. I thought the soundtrack was amazing. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I know we're going to probably talk about that in a lot more detail. But it was, it really, <clears throat> as Hans Zimmer always does, he nailed the atmosphere with the score of this. Um, mm. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. One of the best scenes I've seen this year. Apart from Jungle yeah. Cruise, that was fun. <laughs> yeah okay good um, what about you John? yeah so uh, quite similar actually Like I kind of didn't really I wasn't sure how much I was going to like this film um, I from like the trailers and stuff and again like, see, I don't want to be too brutal because obviously we're talking about a film based on a book written in the 60s but if you were to turn around to someone and go, right, guess the film. Uh, we've got so it's set in the in you know in a, a outer galaxy. Um, we've got warring families in like a sci-fi setting, and it's basically potentially setting up the chosen one to kind of lead some people to you know glory or. Uh, to fight against the system or whatever, you'd kind of be like, okay, I mean, this sounds like about 20 different films I've seen before. Is it Braveheart um, 2049? Yeah, do you know what I mean? You know, you've got your Braveheart. Yeah, it, it's just Braveheart, isn't it? No, um, so, I mean, but there's loads of themes that cross over. You could be like, okay, so Avatar or mm-hmm. Fern Gully. Yeah, um, Dances with Wolves, yeah. Um, the Last Samurai. Tremors, um, Star Wars, Tremors, yeah, like it's. Um, I I don't know how. Obviously, Lord of the Rings with the Warring Families, and it's like oh, everyone's mm. going to stab everyone behind the back and stuff. But I guess look, I mean, it's it's uh, it has historical. Um, I mean, it 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 looks like it's leaning on um, historical context at least, mm-hmm. and and I get that and. I mean, look. Are there any many original stories anymore? Probably not. If this if this wasn't set um, on a novel written in the sixties, I think you'd probably have loads of people going, "Well, this is just a rip off of X, Y, and Z," and it yeah. isn't. Um, and I have to say, the beginning of this film, I was a bit like, "What's going on?" I've no idea what's going on. It took me a good forty five minutes to get to grips with what the fuck was happening in the plot. Yeah, and I kind of I like it actually in a way. I don't. I, I quite like the ambiguity. I, I quite like that it's not you know 
It's not on the nose. It doesn't mm. feel like a Hollywood film, for example, is what I would say. Um, it certainly feels like a Hollywood film in the fact that, I mean, some of the, the scenery, um, some of the like costumes even, and very rarely do I do that in a film like this, I guess. Like, I, I might pay attention to like costumes in like um maybe like historical mm. um epics or whatever you might look like a gladiator uniform and go jesus yeah. that looks really cool but in this i was kind of like really impressed with like what they were wearing and stuff it's i was really like slick, how much eff- yeah i was like how much effort has gone into this um and uh obviously villeneuve who I think the last time we saw one of his films, I, I fell asleep. I have to say, but it, I, and you did as well, actually. When we went to watch uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that was quite long. Um, and it does borrow from that a little bit, but mm. um, this felt like a film that he was kind of. I mean, wow! Like he is perfectly um, set to make this film. I'm excited for for what the others will will offer. Mm. Um, I do get a little bit nervous because critically it's done very well. I could see this film being one where, like the the larger audience, uh, <laughs> um, I'm not talking about Americans there, <laughs> um, but I, I do I do feel like uh, the, the maybe the wider audience m- might might struggle a little bit actually with with some of this film. Mm. Um, those that haven't read the books, like, I felt like I my hands were tied in in certain parts where I was kind of like, would it would I enjoy this more if I was connecting the dots of oh yeah I can see where this is going a Have bit you ever a seen bit like the original. No. Ah, uh, okay. So I probably had even if it might be vague a bit of a grounding for the premise of of the story even if I haven't read the yeah. books. So I, yeah, maybe yeah. that does make a difference. Yeah. But it was even little things that really shouldn't matter, um, like Josh Brolin's like the War Master character, where I was kind of like, "Who is he? And what's what's he got to do with any of this?" Um, so I found myself googling stuff during the film, and I hate that because I just want to I just want to watch the film, but I just felt like there wasn't enough of an explanation as to um, who certain characters were. Um, I mean, we'll get into performances in a bit. But um, but overall, I I thought there were a few wobbly bits. I have to say, I think I think there were parts where it was like uh, the film was too interested in showing off how good it looks rather than just getting on with the story. Um, mm. And also, I think that there were parts where I was like looking at my phone and I was like, "Shit, man, there's another hour to go." Like there, there were parts where it really <laughs> slowed down and and actually. Um, uh, there was there was some moments where I didn't really get the reactions from uh, from Paul from Timothy Chalamet's uh, Paul Atreides, where I was kind of like, it doesn't feel like he's reacting in the way that I would expect him to react. Okay. Um. But yeah, but uh, but but aside from that, I know I know it sounds I've been fairly critical there. I'm nitpicking. Because by the end of the film, I was like, wow. Like, um, at one point, I thought, you know what? I'm not sure I'm that kind of bought into the story or some of the characters. So, 
you know, I'll, I'll fall blue bit just because it looks incredible. And then it really did sort of, it, it kind of got me hooked. And by the end, I was a bit like, oh, I could do with a little bit more, to be honest, which is always a good sign. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to blue bit just yet. I'll, I'll go back to you. For, in fact, no, I will blue bit. I'm going to break my own rules. Um, I'm going to give it five bloobs, actually. Um, and I, I, In fact, I'm now thinking of another podcast that we did together, which was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Where I was where I was kind of umming and ahhing as to whether or not that was a five bloob and then decided, such a you know what, I'll give conversation. it a five bloob. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a five bloob. And... Um, uh, I mean, Villeneuve has, has absolutely smashed it. Um, Hans Zimmer's soundtrack is just incredible. Um, I'm interested to see where it will go. I mean, yep. this is based on the first of the Dune books and they've split it into a two-parter, potentially a, a trilogy, who knows. But I think it's just going to be two parts. But then there's like another six books just Are from... Really? Yeah. And then there's... The, like So I think there's eight but six by the original author, mm. um, who's Frank Herbert, I believe. Um, yeah, so six from him, and then two more based on his notes, and then there's loads of like prequels and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to go down the route of making like ten films or whatever, but I guess they could do if they wanted to. Mm, interesting. Yeah. But anyway, um, why, don't, why don't you give us your score, Emma? Um, well, very much like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, actually, um, this film for me had everything. The soundtrack, the costume design, the visual effects, the storyline, the pace even. Actually, I quite like the fact that it wasn't a consistent, you know, going at you, you have to pay attention, everything's all going. It had peaks and troughs. Yeah. The quality of the acting um, and the fact that I finished it wanting more. Um <laughs> it is one of the best things that I've seen come out in in a good while. Uh, mm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I I am dying to see the next instalment. And I really want to read the books. I, I think it's a really interesting story, yeah. and obviously it's got that kind of epic quality to it. Uh, so for mm. me, yeah, hundred percent. It's a, it's a five blueberry film. It's spectacular. Yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, aside from Disney's Jungle Cruise, um, but would you put this down as your? Uh, your film of the year? Ooh. Difficult. Difficult to answer that. Mm. It could be. Contender. Definitely a yeah. contender. Uh, actually. Yeah. I mean, this this year feels like it's gone on for a decade, so um, mm, I will have to think back. But yeah, definitely contender for, for film of the year. I mean, you know, mm. and let's be honest, it's, it's going to sweep up at certain award ceremonies, isn't it, for certain things? Yeah, I mean, look, I think. Uh, yeah, well, well, maybe we'll, we'll discuss that now. Um, so, I mean, Hans Zimmer, um, his influence also on like Ram and Dewadi, mm. Westworld, Game of Thrones. So, it's, I mean, we we constantly talk about Hans Zimmer on this on this podcast because he is the best. Um, he is the best. He is the best. Um, but so he's been nominated ten times for um his uh, his soundtrack work really um he's won once <laughs> what for what yeah i know right well what so what do you think so if you think back to some of the great soundtracks that he's done um 
I can tell you it wasn't for his work with Interstellar um, or the Dark Knight trilogy. I would have gone or... Dark Knight. Yeah, see, that was pretty good as well. Inception, mm. I think, is is amazing. Um, I'd have Gladiator. Any, any of the Nolans, probably. The Nolan soundtracks yep. with Hans Zimmer would have been one of my picks. What was it? Was it something really rogue, like Up or something? Um, it's not a bad guess, actually. He didn't do, I don't think he did the soundtrack for Up, but if he did, it'd be an even more depressing film. Um, it was actually for The Lion King. Oh... Oh my god, yeah. yes, the Lion King. Yeah. Go on, Zimmer. Weird, right? Yeah. But also if you think about it, great soundtrack, so what can you Dramatic. Yeah, I mean I can't believe it. yeah. And again it's I guess it's always difficult. I can't believe he didn't get it for, for Gladiator. I mean that is no. just incredible. But, I mean I only watched yeah. that last year, so and I'm still emotionally distraught. <laughs> that is true, yeah, that yeah. is mental. And if you want to know what Emma thought of Gladiator, go and listen to our How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Subtle plug. So there was one bit I wanted to discuss, actually. So so there's a bit in this film, um, and I know we're skipping along. Um, we will get onto the plot in a second. And, uh, you know, I think there's only, there's, only, there's only so much you can discuss about the plot of this film mm-hmm. um, without this podcast and dragging on. Um, so I won't. Uh, if you're listening to this and you've seen the film, um, you don't need to n- know about the no. summary again. You've seen it for. So anyway, um, so this uh, this ripple ripples in the sand or ripple in the sand. Um, so 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 this is so this plays. Uh, this is like, like top notch Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I find fascinating about um, his work. On with the soundtrack of this film, uh, so there are three different soundtracks that he's put together um, for one film, which is mental. But you know, That's is what insane. it is. Um, apparently, uh, he built new instruments for this film, so that what you would hear would be something that you've like you you'd never heard before. Um, because the film is set 20,000 years in the future. And that is why he is the boss. That is why he's, he's an absolute badass. You know, he does his prep. I've done zero with this, so that's why <laughs> I'm not going to be winning any awards. Um, but uh, like, I found that fascinating. And actually, once, I, once I'd heard that, I've now gone back to listen to like mm. bits and pieces of this film and, and, and this ripple in the sand, and, and I will insert it, here because there's no point in discussing how good it is but i guess uh, i've read some comments on it as well which kind of make a lot of sense but so there's a bit in the film where we get the first kind of um signs that the atreides family who have uh, been asked to i guess be wardens um mm. of uh, of of the planet dune um Arrakis, um, they get their first signs that this planet that that is uh, uh, absolutely heaving with uh, spice. Again, I'm not going to discuss the spice. Yeah, I'm not going to. Um, I don't want to talk too much about that because if you've seen the film, you know. But anyway, so there, so 
for those listening, there, there's a bit that you will remember if you've seen the film. Again, I have no idea why you're still listening if you haven't. But uh, there's a bit where the sandworms are coming along. You can see them in the distance. Mm. Um, you get this uh, uh, this harvester that breaks down. Everyone's relatively calm because it happens. They'll get someone to to come in and airlift them out. Um, that then doesn't happen because the equipment's old. It's you know it needs replacing. Uh, they're basically in charge of a, a settlement or a uh, a farm, if you will, mm, that is like failing, fa- falling yeah. to pieces. Um, uh, we then get this kind of dramatic kind of moment where, uh, and again, you know, you're about to hear it, um, but it's just this build-up. It just uh, this sense of like dread. Um, and then it obviously it, it ends with uh, with Paul uh, on his knees having some sort of like dream uh, that's like a flash forward um, mm. about the role that he has to play. It's like dream his, visions, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Plus the like, kind of the the scale of this scene, this gigantic sandworm, um, this kind of desert plain, um, the the dust kind of swirling up, this huge machine, mm. um, people running around. You can't really see anything that's going on, and and it, this this swell of music. Oh man, it's just so good. The tension um, created by that piece was unbelievable, and I think the thing for me yeah. that made it so memorable but also sort of like spine tinglingly chilling Mm. is the combination of sort of orchestral I was about to say techno that's what I mean but not what I mean but you know (laughs) synthesized uh, and that and this happens the whole way through the film that really obscure haunting voice Mm. Like and yeah. it's not words, but it's 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 a voice instrument. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it yeah. It is a voice, yeah, and it's... that combination creates this bizarre atmosphere that perfectly encapsulates what the film is, really, doesn't it? Mm. You know, it's yeah. this big, wide, terrifying expanse of nature. It's the drama of the conflict, um, you know, on the planet between the families, between the you know between tribes, and then you know that voice essentially for me represents Zendaya's character. You know this kind mm. of woman in in his dream visions and, and the future yeah. ahead, and the way that he does it is just unbelievable. And I, I listened to it again today at your recommendation, um, and <laughs> we do it, do some prep on this podcast. It, it genuinely still had the same impact on me, even thinking about it mm. now, um, and the way that it that whole scene it's about six or seven minutes or something ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. just amazing and if if he doesn't yeah. win an oscar for his work on this film i swear the the world is wrong it's wrong yeah well i mean Kanye west will probably win it for his work on some random film but um no it was uh <clears throat> i guess it, it immersed you in a world that is yet to be mm. um and uh that's probably the wankiest thing that i've ever said on this podcast i think it's the wankiest um, thing you've ever said ever <laughs> well, you don't know me that well then. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's 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 what you want from. And I know I'm gushing a lot about Hans Zimmer, um, but when he wins the Oscar, this will all make sense. Um, it was just brilliant, and and it and it shows someone that it's very easy to pick out an actor um, who puts in a hell of a performance. Um, sometimes I think soundtracks go a little bit kind of appreciated, but not they don't get the nod that they um, they should get. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, uh, that I think that was probably the the part of the film where I was like, wow, you know, I mean, this is this is really kicking up a notch. Um, and actually, it was kind of and not to shit all over No Time to Die. Um, and I'm not going to talk about James Bond on this podcast, but that was the last big film that I saw before Same. this. Um, and I kind of was that. See, that's the sort of film I'm expecting, like big scale to kind mm. of, you know, pull me in. Um, and it never did. Uh, and, and this did. Um, it didn't so well, so well, yeah. So it's so a well done Villeneuve. You've absolutely smashed that. And well done, Hans Zimmer. You've smashed it yet again because you are the best. You are the best composer ever, forever. Um, that's it. Bye. Yeah, see ya. Can Um, can I gush over someone? Or actually, I'm going to do the opposite of gush. (laughs) Here we go. So ordinarily, in a film that starred Jason Momoa, I would be Mm. gushing about Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah. What the hell was beardless Jason Momoa about? It's weird, isn't it? So, it's weird. Right, so Duncan Idaho, you know, he is he's the cool dude, he's, you know, protector of Paul and um, you know, everyone loves him, he's awesome, he's great. And also he takes mm. his mask off, no beard. Jason Momoa has the weirdest fucking chin I've ever seen, and for about half an hour it's all I could mm. look at and I couldn't get past yeah. it. And it is amazing what men look like yeah. without beards. Well, I mean the power of the beard. Uh, see well, I will never ever well shave know. again. <laughs> yeah. Um I, well, look, I mean, I've tried shaving this beard off and then immediately, like, people just won't, I can't get served alcohol. No. Um, Not allowed uh, in the playgrounds. My authority, no, I am allowed in playgrounds. I get, (laughs) they go go back to school. Um, You know, you lose that air of authority. Um, But yeah, like, so Jason Momoa's chin, it's just like, it's not what you're expecting. I'm pretty sure. I feel like I've seen him without a beard before. I don't. And clearly I don't know not. I've blocked because... it from my memory from the trauma. Yeah, it's it's um it's it is a weird one. Um, it's worth noting. Jason Momoa is a gorgeous man. Um, he's still he's very good looking man. Oh yeah 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 yeah. But it's like if you go from like a ten out of ten to like an eight out of ten, there's going to be a certain amount of shock. It would be like if you know, a very attractive woman suddenly got a skinhead, you'd still look at her and go, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, but you'd also be like, why she got a skinhead out of nowhere? Exactly. Um, That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, it's exactly that. I've got to say, um, though, his, his performance <clears throat> was that little bit of levity that something like this needs. So it had... The thing I love about Jason Monroe is he never takes himself too seriously. He knows what his character is. He is never going to be an Oscar Isaacs or, you know... Mm anything you know that's not his that's not his skill his skill is to bring heart 
you know, there's a bit of emotion to it. You know, his his relationship and, you know, his particular actions in this film of, of sacrifice, mm. you really felt it. But he's also yeah. able, that first scene he comes in and, he, you know, he grabs Paul's arm and he says, oh, built some muscle of you. And you think it's hilarious because mm. obviously Timothy Chalamet has not built any muscle. Absolutely um, not. But no. And you, if he has, then what the hell was he doing? What did he look yeah, like before that? Did he exist prior to that? Um, but that levity, <laughs> I think, is important in a film like this because otherwise it is just a bit grim and you don't want yeah. it to be continually, you know, doom and gloom. You need something oh, 100%. in there. Yeah, you I, need, I you need someone to break it up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think he was great, but I just can't get over his chin. And I realise that that's a very yeah, bizarre, unserious, very, very you know, unfilm fan critical you know, no, approach, well, but... Hey, come on. We're not that good. No. Um, you know, we, we've spent, you know, the vast majority of some podcasts talking about something that means nothing to anyone else. Um, so that's absolutely fine. The one thing I will say about his character, I kind of, I, I don't really get their relationship. Now, I get that he's supposed to be like this, you know, awesome, like, soldier, you know, they're like, oh man, mm. he is the he is the cool guy. He's like the maverick or whatever, and he's obviously loyal to the core, to the family. But it's kind of like I'm watching this film, and I'm like, maybe it's because it's Oscar Isaac's. And I'm like, I mean, that's his dad, and he's obviously playing an older man. Mm. But it was only a couple of years ago that he was in Star Wars as like the new Han Solo. So it's kind of like. I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, he's supposed to be the this cool, like, yeah. It's just a bit of a weird one. And then you've got Jason, uh, Jason. Then you've got Josh Brolin's character. He's oh the War days. Master. What is that all about? And so then I'm kind of like, well, who are? Do we need all of these people, or, or do at least do we need? You know, I, I'd look at it and I'm kind of like, mm. uh, I don't know. Jason Moe's character. Did you say his name is Duncan? Duncan Idaho, yeah. He kind of, it's almost like he's a big brother. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of a mental big brother kind of thing, isn't it? And I, and I think maybe this comes back to what you were saying about whether you've read the books and you understand the backstory is that you could mm. watch this film and just go, oh, yeah, you know, big brother, obviously there's something there. Great. Um, or you could watch mm. it and go, I want to know the backstory. It's a bit like, you know, Duncan Egg and that kind of stuff with Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of want to know what it is mm. behind that relationship. Um, and... It, you know, maybe you could have had some explanation, but then, I mean, that would end up being like a six-part well, series of films. It, complicated. Uh, or a yeah, flashback, well, and no one wants that. Well, I guess the problem now is that, you know, spoiler warning, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah. He's not in it anymore. So <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, again, uh, this is the problem with films, because it's like, if this was a TV series and he's dead you know, eight episodes in, then, okay, fine. You've at least had some time to kind yeah. of get a feel for his character. And you can still do it in one series. Like, okay, I'm leaning on Game of Thrones here and I don't want to ruin Game of Thrones for anyone that's not seen it. But, know you know, exactly the, the Red but, but the red Viper, it's like, you know, you watch it and you're like, yeah, cool. Or even Ned, you know, mm. you've got these characters where you don't, you don't have to be with them for six or seven seasons to get a feel for their character whereas in this i don't i don't really know who he is other than he's just a loyal very good soldier 
So maybe, uh, maybe that ma- is all that they need. That all that you need. Maybe that's all there is to it. I don't ma- know. Maybe that is. Yeah. Ma- maybe that is all there is to it. Um, I guess it's just it, it's because it's Jason Momoa. Like they're casting an A lister to play a nothing role, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Ma- ma- like, ma- maybe that's harsh. I, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. It's quite similar anyway. to me with Rebecca Ferguson's character. Is that there's a lot in her backstory that I really want to know about. You know, mm. she there's clearly more to her than even we saw in this in this first film, and I and I think that's really well, interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> but this is another issue we've got. If you have not seen the original Dune mm. or Dune, if you've not read the books. There's quite a lot happening at once and the dialogue is not in a good way. The dialogue is not on the nose to say, you know, we are the witch people of blah, blah, blah. And what we're trying to do is this. And it's kind of like, why are you saying that? Um, So that's good that they don't do that. Mm. But also it does put you in a scenario where you're trying to get settled into a film. There's lots of people to try and follow. And then suddenly it's like, who is this woman and what is going on? Yeah, um, I think it depends right. on the kind of viewer that you are. Because for me, I'm the kind of person that goes, I know that this is a series of books. I know that there's going to be more. I want to know more. Other people will mm. just go, do you know what? I'm just going to focus on Paul. And that's what I'm going to yeah. think about. Paul and the sandworms. Maybe Zendaya. <laughs> Can't remember a character's name. Terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then maybe, maybe that's it. You know, and it, and it mm. does depend on the kind of viewer that you are, I think, and the kind of person you are. Some people can take a film at face value and not want to know the backstory, not want to know the nitty gritty details. I'm not like that most of the time, mm. um, and definitely not with this. But I think also because I know that there's an opportunity to find out. Um, maybe it's yeah, you know, maybe it's different, and it keeps you coming back for more, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to uh, bring the tone down a bit again. Oh. Um. So you were kicking off about Jason Momoa's beard mm. or his beardless face. Um, Rebecca Ferguson being Chalamet's mum. Yeah. She's a bit, I mean, I had to check the ages. You know, about Rebecca Ferguson. No, it's like 12. So Rebecca Ferguson's like 38 and Timothy Chalamet's 26. Ew. Um, what do you mean, ew? I haven't done anything. No, um, but uh, but there were there were times where it's kind of like, or maybe on the subject of ew, where it's like I, I don't know. It just felt like he was running around with his girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? See, it's he weird. Like I was running get around that. with his mum. I didn't get that at all. Um, there are a couple of my, well, mate, I was too much Game of Thrones, I guess. But yes. yeah, I was just I don't know. It's kind of like, does he even reference? her as his mum he might do sometimes i think once he calls her mother or something like that well i suppose put it this Mm. way then what about rebecca ferguson and oscar isaacs as a couple i didn't Mm. quite buy that but i don't mind that because it does feel like something's happened there where it's like you know i mean did they call her yeah concubine Yeah. yeah rather than like she's not like uh she's not his wife yeah, she didn't feel like she was though. like lady of the manor. She just felt, yeah, so mm. he's, yeah. Um, so, so maybe there is something there. I, I don't know, but again, that's like that's not explained, and I'm sure we will find out more. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. 
there, there are a couple of relationships where it's like I'm struggling to kind of connect the dots a little bit. That's not, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. I'd definitely let it go if it was like three or four episodes into a series. Yeah. I think it's just the fact that I've just finished a two and a half hour film and now I have to wait like another year, two years yeah. to understand real basic stuff of the first film. Um, but I'll let it go. I'll let it go because as a spectacle, mm. I thought it was incredible. Um, so I'll uh, I'll let that go. Um, in terms of other performances, so we've obviously got Brolin, we've got uh, Skarsgård. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you What you make of him? Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, he's oh, disgusting. Is that, it is, is disgusting. That, is that Stellan Skarsgård? Mm. It took yeah. me a while. I had to double check. It was I was correct. Mm. I remembered the scars guard. Yeah. Uh, fucking yeah. gross. Yeah, I mean, why has he always got no clothes on? Like, just thing, put some clothes it? on. Why? And when and he does wear clothes, he's just eating lots of chicken and stuff. Like, what's going on? Stuffing himself to the gills. Um, are you flying oh. around as well? Why is he flying around? Flying around or in a bath? Yeah. Like a really dirty he? bath. I don't know. I don't understand him. I don't like it. I don't. I just know. But I mean, performance is great. I don't know. So they're the Harkonnens, but like, what is the what? What are they? Are they, are like, they like part reptile? Reptilian. Yeah, it feels <laughs> reptile. Um, yeah, potentially. Potentially, we'll we'll find out more in a year or two years. Um, Can't wait for that. So on on so on those uh, reptile slash flying chicken eaters. Um, uh, Batista. So Batista is one of the or Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he's one of the reptile soldier people. Yeah. Um, what's the point in him? What's the point? I tell you exactly what it is, and I like Dave Batista. I think he's great, and I liked his character in the way that I just enjoyed seeing him on screen. It's a bit mm. like Momoa, right? It's a name from a particular type of film mm. that works well in this. Yeah. Actually, and who knows, maybe they were massive <clears throat> Dune fans and they just wanted to be in it. Well, that is that is true. That is true. Um, not literally, I don't know that for fact, but it does feel like that could be the case. <clears throat> um, yeah, okay. Well, was, uh, well, I mean, maybe, because I don't know how they're affording all of these actors in this film. Because we've also got Javier Bardem. He he pops up, doesn't he? Brilliant. I mean, the last thing I saw him in was um, <sighs> Pirates of oh, the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge. Is he in that? Is he? He is. He's he's Salazar. Uh, well, okay. I mean, I've not. I've probably seen the first of the Pirates of the Caribbean. I watched twenty got, minutes of it. I, I wouldn't bother in. with Salazar's Revenge if I'm honest. You've definitely watched all of it. Um, okay, so he's in that. You've also, I mean, again, in another podcast that we covered, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. he's brilliant in that as well. Yeah, um, um Actually, when you think about it, the cast is unreal. Mm. Yeah. How they've... Mm, mm. Just how are they affording these people? Josh Brolin was Thanos, for fuck's sakes. Mm. How have they got him just playing some random soldier? Like... Honestly, and again, I'm sure there's more to it, um, and maybe it is cheaper now that they've you know killed off Oscar Isaacs and uh, spoiler warning for those 
Um, but Momoa. he's obviously dead, and so is Momoa. So yeah, I mean, maybe may, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. I mean, I've not even mentioned the fact they've obviously got Zen Zendaya in it. Like, well, so this is controversial, isn't it? Because obviously she features very heavily in the trailer, and that footage mm. is basically all of her role in this film. A yep. lot of people are very annoyed about that. I really liked it. So, so mm. the, the idea is that she she features quite heavily in in Paul's sort of like dream visions. Yeah, um, I'm sure they're probably called something much more eloquent than that. Uh, mm. And that's largely the only time you see her in the film until about the last half an hour, forty minutes, and then she features yeah. a little bit more. But the, but the idea you get from it is that obviously, in the second film, she will be a key character. Well, well, this is the thing. Like it's um... in theory. Yeah, I mean, you sort of liken it to The Force Awakens, where it's like, <laughs> you know, Mark, oh, Mark Hamill, you know, Luke Skywalker's back, he's going to be in The Force Awakens. And he turns up with 30 seconds to go, with no lines, and then the film ends, you know, what's going yeah. on here? Again, spoiler warnings for The Force Awakens, if you haven't seen it, don't bother, because that that Star Wars trilogy ends up being a shoddy mess. Um so yeah, it's uh, I I don't know if I had a particular problem with with that with with Zendaya. No, Loads there, of people did, another... but I didn't. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I kind of get it, but it is clearly she is going to be, you know, potentially uh, a lead, a co-lead maybe. Um, mm. So yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, no, fair enough. Were there, were there any other performances that you wanted to discuss? Sandworms were good, weren't they? They were bloody brilliant, weren't they? Bloody, they were bloody brilliant. Uh, no, yeah. anything you want to bring up, John, performance-wise? In terms of performances, no. So so I guess... Um, uh, well, so this film ends and it's kind of like... And actually, this, this brings me on to one of the performances that maybe I do have an issue with. So, you know... So Oscar Isaacs, you know, the 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 head of the, you know, Atreides family. Mm. So he's killed. He's dead. Um, so that leaves Paul as like the the heir. You know, he's got to lead the family now. Um, Oscar Isaacs was brilliant, by the way. Yeah, he was. Um, and it's kind of like Paul, Paul didn't really seem that upset. You know, I mean, he loses his rag a little bit of his mum, but it was kind of like, I don't know if he was that gutted. No. Um, he felt more upset for killing that guy later on, which was very good, by the way. It was a good fight mm. um, to get himself accepted to the, you know, the sand people, the fr- the, fr- the Fremen. Um, and then we end the film and he's walking along and he's sort of smirking at Zendaya's character. And I'm sort of like, he's too... He just seems like he's on a bit of a jolly now. He just seems like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. And it's like his dad died like a, a day ago, yeah, and his point, entire actually. like legacy's in you know flames. The, the city's in flames. Probably every, his heroes just died as well. He's you know his superhero mate, you know Momo. He's dead. He probably thinks that Brolin's dead, although he's not. It's kind of like I don't know if I buy the fact that he's not that. He's got over it very quickly, is, is what I'm saying. Well, uh, alternative point with his dream visions, did he already have a chance to get over it? Maybe he already knew. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. Um, 
But also, it's kind of like, well, if he was that certain that everyone was going to die, he didn't put too much effort into doing anything about it. I also have a massive issue with how, like, he kind of just slept through the whole thing. I know he was given some meds, but the whole city was, like, exploding. <laughs> and then we go into his very quiet, very impressively soundproof room. Um, that was a bit silly. Um, but, yeah. I I don't want to have a go at Timothy Chalamet because I, I, overall, I looked at the film, I looked at his performance. I was like, yeah, you know, good on him. Mm. Well done. Well done, Mr. Chalamet. Um, but, you know, I, I had a few gripes there where I was like, mm, I don't know. I, I don't know if like a seasoned actor, like forgetting age and stuff like that, um, would have let that go. I don't know if they would have called it and gone, I'm not too sure about this. Like, but mm. um, but we'll, but we'll let it go. Maybe that's just his his personality. That maybe that's a personality trait of uh, of poor traders. Maybe. Yeah. You know, so someone might turn around and go, look, you know, that's just what he's like. Um. So fair enough. Um, uh, so look, we both have no idea where the story's going, or at least you might have more of a grounding in terms of the the fact that you've seen the 1984 version. Um, I mean, you're nodding your head to say definitely not. Um, where do you think this film is going? Well, I, I mean, there are two directions it can go, aren't there? So, you know, the first is that definitely more than that. Otherwise, what's the point in going to see films? There's a few directions it could go. A couple of them are. <laughs> one, yeah. uh, Paul becomes king of the sand people. They take back control of the stars <laughs> and the planet. Yeah, okay. The Fremen. Mm. Uh, two, he becomes mates with the Fremen. Uh, and then they go and take the city back and the House of Atreides take control of June and Spice Production, bring it all back to normal and everything's great. Um, mm. Or it could just all go to shit. I don't know. I, don't, I genuinely yeah. don't know. But obviously, the one thing that we haven't actually mentioned is, you know, the prophecy, the chosen one, and all of that. Mm. Yeah. Which is which confused me. I was like, I didn't know there was a prophecy in this. <clears throat> Definitely don't remember the 1984 film very well, do I? No, clearly not. No. All right. Well, what is what is the prophecy then? I mean, this is just an open-ended question because. It, I, well, it's I, not I don't really think made it's... clear, is it? So you know, he's the chosen one. He's going to save some people um, well that's it but, but it's, it's not particularly like, okay, so, clear from what or how yeah which uh, <clears throat> again i don't have a massive issue with no. like, pro- like uh, prophecy is is supposed to be a little bit like open-ended and down to interpretation um uh so it could be that yeah he just leads the the freeman to you know take control freedom. of their own sorry the freeman to freedom Oh, the freeman to freedom. Yeah, it could be that the prophecy is he leads the freeman to freedom. Um, I hope not. Um, or it could be that he he's the chosen one in terms of he's going to be the emperor and he's going to be even worse than those that have, mm. have come to pass before. You know, the uh, the the old witch women um, don't exactly strike me as the... Uh, maybe it's a little bit like Macbeth, where it's like... Interesting. Yeah, again, I'm I'm just riffing here. I've not read the books, but mm. maybe there's a little bit there of like uh, the eventual downfall of of Paul because it, it seems like his rise is going to be relatively quick. It's going to have to be if it's only two films, but yeah, maybe if it's more, then it'll it'll be the the rise and fall of of the rise and fall of Paul. So there you go. <laughs> it's all in the name. And this is rhyming critical. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so maybe it's that. Maybe he embraces the the witch people, and then it all goes badly wrong. I think the fact that we don't know is the best part of it, because actually something like that brings you brings you back, doesn't it? it keeps you guessing and it keeps you on your toes, and it gives us fodder for a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I I thoroughly look forward to going to see this in the IMAX. I did not watch this in the IMAX, unfortunately. Gaz and Len are planning to watch this in the IMAX. Um, Lucy, I'm not sure. I'm not sure she's that bothered. You know, she said she'll watch it on a laptop. Whatever, who cares? Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Len and Gaz are locked down, so they haven't been able to go to the cinema. And Len refuses um, to watch it anywhere other than IMAX. That's Very specific fine. about that. Um, yeah, that's absolutely fine. I guess uh, I I'm looking forward to watching the follow up to this part two in a world where covid is long gone you don't have to worry about wearing a mask in the foyer you know you can eat your popcorn and your m&ms in peace with your big diet coke or coke yep. zero because uh, that's more manly than buying a diet coke even though they both taste exactly the same yeah um cool all right well look uh, do you have any final thoughts emma i just say it's been delightful to podcast with you john for the first time in a very <laughs> long time so thank yeah. you very much no, for that's... hosting and uh, you good. are going to win an award today uh, for oh, best yeah. podcast on no prep. Yay. Yeah. I don't think there's any other people that are nominated for that, but no. I will take my award and won. rub it in the face of everyone. <laughs> uh, thanks very much, Emma. Um, the next time I will see you will probably uh, probably be on uh, one of those um, not all sequels are created equal. Perhaps. Um, so, you know, remember to vote for me. I think it's me versus Gaz. Um, oh. definitely vote for me um, but other than that that'll be the next time that, that we see you I think um, but thanks for joining me Emma um, thank you for hosting your non-knowledge of the book was totally useless and uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing out the 1984 version that you've seen but know nothing about um, other welcome. than that guys you know thanks for listening um, and we will see you again in a few weeks Bye. goodbye